From Orms, this is Orms Air, where we unpack and investigate the compelling questions at the forefront of our creative community's consciousness. Joined by the artists, photographers, and creators brave enough to step up to the mic and join us in discussion. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Orms Air, the Orms podcast. Today, in our digital studio, we are joined by Georgia East, writer, stylist, and photographer, whose work you may recognize from her book, West Coast Wonder, her presence on Instagram under East Afternoon, or her blog of the same name that's filled with mouth-watering recipes and adventures around South Africa. So plug in your headphones, find a comfortable seat, and let's travel through the eyes of Georgia East. Hi, Georgia. Thank you so much for joining us on the Orms podcast. It's so lovely to have you in a digital capacity. Thank you for having me. So obviously our listeners, I mean, they're never, they're never able to see where we are. But um, I just want to paint you guys a little, a little word picture of what I can see of Georgia's, where Georgia is at the moment. And it literally looks like she's sitting in 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 the middle of summer like sun streaming into your kitchen it looks incredible where are you i am i am in the most beautiful beach house um in Dorfkirchbos which is a tiny little town mm-hmm. on the Cape West coast i'm very fortunate that myself and my partner he does video i do photography we've been hired by the owners to shoot um imagery and video for use on their website for use on social media use on their website and of course, it's a win-win situation because yeah. we get to call the place home for a few weeks, which is absolutely amazing. I, I'm pinching myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very envious of that sunshine that I can see because <laughs> I'm sitting, yeah, in the CBD, cold, very, very cold. I mean, there's definitely sun outside, but it's it's not warm sun. It's not that summer that summer sun that I I feel like um, having been in lockdown for a little bit of summer, like. The really nice months. I think we're all sort of missing that beach view and that that ability to just like step outside and sort of discover everything. Absolutely. Look, mm. I mean, from a photography point of view, this direct sun is a nightmare. Yeah. So we pretty much have early morning and, and evenings to shoot. But we've also been blessed with, uh, I think we are one or two proper cake storms. Oof. So like lashing rain. Yeah. And um, I'm, my aesthetic is very much dark and moody with, with my imagery. Mm. So um, I love having that kind of really dark, moody light. Yeah, which are like, it's so perfect during a storm. It is. Yeah. So I wanted to give our listeners just like a little a little brief intro to who you are and what you do, just in case they don't know. I'm an, an absolute, I, I, I call myself a mongrel. Um, I'm pretty much a, a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I am a food stylist. I'm a food photographer. I'm a food and travel writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to increase the ego a bit, last year I published my first cookbook, so I'm now an author too. <laughs> um, but that's that's been the natural. As a as a writer and a stylist and a photographer, and now as a published author, your book came came last, I suppose, in the the list of of your achievements because they definitely are achievements. I wanted to sort of touch on your beginnings. Um, which came first? I um, I have a very expensive and rather useless degree in journalism from UCT, um, which I, I, I adore writing. Yeah. Um, 
I've been I've been a published writer probably for the past five years. Okay, wow. Uh, so writing for magazines and different publications. Yeah. Um, but my photography and my food styling kicked in around about 2016, okay. uh, fully. Um, when I started what is now my blog, East mm-hmm. Afternoon. Um, I was just finding I was cooking in my kitchen. I've always been involved in food and cooking. Yeah. And I would post my very sort of badly taken phone snapshot uh, to Facebook. And I yeah. would get asked all the time, please, can you post the recipe? Um, we'd, we'd love to make this. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this properly. Yeah. Um, and I have, I have, in my own way, been interested in, in photography. I remember as a teenager, I had one of those Nikon cool pics, little happy snappers. Yeah. And I was always photographing the strangest things. Um, and yeah, I got my first professional DSLR, um, I think it was 2015, mm-hmm. but I had previously been in fashion. Um, okay. I had clothing label for about four years. And so I was only ever really fashion-orientated. And then I got into the food, which yeah. is rather different from fashion because yeah. now you're dealing with, um, yeah, you're not dealing with a model who's, you know, 10 minutes later, she still looks good, she still looks mm. the same. Food can change. Food is tempestuous. Food has a mind of its own. Yeah. Um, and, of course, with lighting and styling and everything that goes with it. And I, to be honest, consulted Pinterest on the hour. Mm-hmm. I was never off that app. Um, just seeing how do people do it? How do they style? Um, how do they like things? Yeah. Uh, what hacks can I do at home because I'm working on a budget? Um, you know, I can't afford big diffusers or reflectors or anything. So yeah. I like to use bits of cardboard. Like I still do. Um, I, yeah, I pretty much grab whatever it is at hand and mm-hmm. jump in and work with it. But, um, yeah, I started with the blog uh, each afternoon. And mm-hmm. um, from there, just from what I posted to Instagram, um, I slowly started to get recognized my brand, who um, yeah. liked my style. And I can't remember who, my first, who gave me my first job. I think it might have been Tabasco. <laughs> um, Tabasco? But yeah, I started Tabasco. Yeah, Tabasco. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now I, I can't go back and look at those pictures. I'm like, oh my God, what was I doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I started. I started getting getting work in some brands. Yeah. Um, and I I started being hired as stylist, um, predominantly food stylist and photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just went from there. And I went freelance pretty soon after that. Um, and that coupled with I also do copywriting on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, a total mongrel. Um, and yeah, I've been a food stylist and photographer ever since. <laughs> Pretty much, and I was, I was going to say I, I get asked a lot um, yeah. if I studied photography, but I've got no formal training in photography or food styling. Yeah, all self taught. I find that so fascinating. Just the just the link between all of the skills that you have. You know, and it's it. I feel like it's not. It doesn't necessarily um, come across as an organic link, but a lot of the time it does, and especially with um, with, with the self taught um, creators photographers mm. and videographers I think like it's almost like one I influences mean, it, the other it is we 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 become um I think food photography um, I'm going to talk about food because um, yeah. that's the field that I know um but I think with food photography I, I look at my peers and you actually mm. have to be a triple threat you have yeah. to um have your fingers in so many pies you can't just be oh I'm a food photographer mm. I actually just gave a, a workshop the other day um talking about how important it is if you're a food photographer to be a food stylist 
Because yeah. I feel to photograph food, you need to understand food. Um, you need to know that if I shoot something in this way, like you want to catch a certain ingredient on it or mm. how to shoot a, a runny egg yolk. Mm. Or, um, it's, it's very difficult for me to be brought into a job as a food stylist and then work with a photographer, not yeah. a food photographer, like generally. Um, I feel it's quite a specialized field. Yeah, and definitely. so to have the skill of knowing food, so being a cook, first and foremost, yeah. a food stylist and a food photographer, I think it does it does really benefit. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, having my 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 background in blogging, yeah. Um, I know that's kind of frowned on by a lot of more old school photographers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I've got nothing but respect for the for the blogging community. Mm. Um, and anyone who's willing to actually say, well, this is what I want to do. This is a creative outlet for me. It started off as a hobby. It started off as a passion. Yeah. And the fact that without me pushing myself or directly approaching brands, um, it turned into a career, which yeah. I'm incredibly fortunate um, to have and very grateful. I, I do what I love every single day. Which is really all any of us can ask to do, right? That's the dream. Mm, 100%. I enjoy the fact that um, if a client approaches me, mm. Um, I'm able to provide them with styling, with imagery, yeah. um, and with content in forms of recipe development. I can do, um, I can write copy, I can write articles. Um, the only thing I can't do yet is video, um, but um, fortunately, my, my my partner does it, so we we tend to make a, a good team. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best though. Uh, yeah. As long as we don't have like an all out argument about something and then I'm like, I, I, really, was, need to, I really need to learn how to do video. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that as long as it keeps the peace and you're like able to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a win-win situation because yeah. I'm, I used to be stuck with all, all the shoot food afterwards. And of course I was just getting faster by the minute <laughs> and I'd at least have someone to help me eat it all. <laughs> you can share the weight gain. That's nice. Would you say that you are a foodie? By nature, do you think that you, you sort of have like a, a draw, you're drawn towards food just generally? 100%. 100%. I, I guess, live, sleep, dream, breathe yeah. food. Um, it is my number one favorite thing to, to buy. Um, 90% of my income goes on to food. I literally plan entire shoots on if I find a cool fish or really beautiful produce or bread. I I get physically excited about food. The other day I had an emotional reaction cutting the most beautiful slice of seaweed sourdough. Mm. Um, I am completely food obsessed. When I when I get that shot, like when I can capture food the way I see it mm. or the way I'm experiencing it, and I, that translates into the image, then I feel my I've, I've, I've reached my ultimate. Yeah. I find food to be the single most challenging. But the most rewarding thing to shoot. Mm. The risk of finding completely cliche, but it, it, it feeds my soul. Um, mm. I am always on the lookout for something new. As I said, I I mean, the other day we, we drove ages to go and find a, a, a snook because they're riding up the West Coast now, these yeah. Yeah, big barracuda snook. Um, and we got, a, we got one with a head on, which for me yeah. is amazing. Um, I'm a, slightly ghoulish when it comes to fish and seafood. I like I like all the little tentacles and the feelers yeah. and stuff. Um, but we got this massive fish with its head intact. And yeah, I'm planning a whole shoot around that. And yeah, if I can if I can show you a picture of food that I've taken and it makes you hungry, then 
my work is done. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, must just, I must just warn all of our listeners that um, scrolling through George's uh, Instagram account will definitely make you hungry. I, I just 100% can guarantee you that. It's, it's, it's actually incredible. Um, our podcast producer, Jess, who we talk about a lot on the show, um, and I were actually discussing mm-hmm. your, um, your Instagram feed the other day when we were sort of reaching out to you to join us in conversation and she was just saying you know there are so many there are so many subtleties and this is exactly what you're touching on now that go into each photograph that you really don't even think about as the viewer but when you experience it as an end product it's just it's almost it feels effortless and it feels like it's just like a natural sort of and I we completely understand well we don't actually understand because we we're not food photographers or stylists ourselves but we can just picture the levels and the attention to detail that go into each image um i think there's one i think there's one on your feed that's sardines i think it's sardines little gray fishes was it um fresh fresh sardines or tin sardines i think it's i think it's i think it's fresh i think they're fresh oh yeah well there's loads at the moment (laughs) um Um, yeah, for me, I would say the first part is making sure that you have beautiful looking mm. Um There's not much you can do. Although I recently shot for a frozen fish client mm-hmm. and I had to shoot frozen fillets, hake fillets. Yeah. And I was having sleep at night. I was I like, imagine. oh my word, what the hell? What am I going to do? Um, but it actually worked out quite well. So you, you do get the challenging ones in between. Yeah. Um, the fresh fish is my, or fresh seafood is my absolute passion. Um, I love the texture. I love the colors. Mm. Um, I love how, I don't know, it, it catches the light. Um, yeah. For me, I'm very much inspired by chiaroscuro, so the dramatic interplay of light and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have maybe, like, I don't know, the eye of the fish or scales or, or thin or something, just catching a hint of light. Yeah. Um, and that, for me, makes the shot. So, in a way... In a way, effortless, and in a way, very much planned. Yeah. Kind of a happy medium between the two. None of my, I absolutely abhor overstyled images. Mm. I feel that is definitely my my mantra when it comes to styling. But it's also it also breaks that barrier of accessibility. I feel you know because I think mm. I think if you look at something that is, um, I really I I dislike the word authentic, but I feel like that's probably. Um, the word that would be appropriate to use here is that that authentically styled that it almost feels like you could do that in your in your home kitchen you know you could make that that yeah, meal i i always say that i can do simple far better than i can do complicated mm. um so none of the recipes i cook or post are very fancy um at the end of the day i think i go and do something crazy to let's say a beautiful piece of fish when all you need is a bit of lemon juice and a bit of olive oil. Yeah. And I like the simplicity of my recipes to come through in, in my imagery. Um, and I'm very into styling things with the human element. Mm. So, um, you know, a little scatter of salt or maybe a tiny little spill of wine on a tablecloth. Or mm. you can just imagine someone has just left, left that, that um, table. Yeah. Um, and ultimately they must tell a story about the ingredients but also a narrative that the viewer can include themselves into mm. i want them to, to see that picture and think oh my word i can imagine sitting there eating that right now yeah so i like to add a bit of nostalgia a bit of comfort and the image must ultimately make people feel feel at home yeah completely and while we're um while we're sort of touching on recipes um so you mentioned <laughs> i'm not actually sure if we, we were recording when we spoke about this earlier 
but um, you've recently seen your first book published by Penguin Random House, yes. um, West Coast yes. Wonder, which is incredible. Yes. And it's, it's so funny that we, um, we're having this conversation now because I used to actually work at a bookseller or for a bookseller. And I okay. remember your book okay. coming across my desk um, as having to load it onto the website and do all of that stuff for um, obviously digital selling. Oh, wow. But I remember, I remember the cover specifically and like the, there's something, there's something so beautiful about that Natural. shot that they featured. Yeah. It just looks inviting and warm. Well, the irony, well, I'm, I'm very happy you said that because I was fighting them tooth and nail. I probably really? shouldn't even talk about this, but <laughs> I was fighting them tooth and nail for the cover um, okay. because it is the first book, the first comprehensive um, yeah. book on the Cape West Coast in about five, six years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I wanted it to have the most iconic West Coast ingredients, which are balkans, which are yeah. little, little fish that yeah. um, salted, lots of salt, and hung in the wind to dry. So almost yes. like fish balkans. Yeah. Not for everyone. Um, I only use them to add like an umami flavor. I grate mm. them into a butter to do like a sort of a anchovy salty butter. Um, but many people just eat them as is, which cheese I think I would have to drink 500 liters of water. <laughs> but um, I wanted the front cover to be our forkums. And mm. um, I find them beautiful. Um, yeah. But my my editing team did warn me against them, just saying that a lot of people it might put them off because they're little kind of dried fish. Um, yeah. And they wanted something more sort of, I think, commercial and more widely appealing. So, of course, we went with mussels, which another iconic West Coast ingredient because yeah. they farmed here in, in Saldana Bay. Sorry, I'm doing so much hair fiddling right now. It's different. Um, they farmed yeah. in Saldana Bay and everyone loves them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we ultimately went with that. And again, with a t- tablecloth, a bit of sunshine, glass yes. of wine, some crusty bread. And the bread so crumbs. It's just, yeah. Yes, I am I am a huge crumb fan. Mm. Whenever I slice bread, I collect the crumbs for the chef and I go, and I sprinkle them over everything. <laughs> so... <laughs> But it is, it, it's exactly what you were saying, that lived-in feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't, I hate very sort of, I don't know, like I call it static styling mm. where everything's very neat and very perfect. Because yeah. um, I feel at the end of the day, food is like your best friend. Yeah. You, you you know that they're faults, you know that they're flawed, but you love them regardless. And in your eyes, I mean, for me, it could be a, a bowl of chicken livers, peri-peri, which looks for all intents and purposes like dog food. Yeah. But I look at it and damn. I love chicken livers. They're delicious and they're cheap and yeah. they're easy. Yeah, I think I think food is it's such a personal relationship for everyone. Yeah. And I feel if you see something that's overstyled, it just looks clinical. It just looks wrong. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, clinical, absolutely. And food should yeah. never it should never be that. It's so yeah, it's no. such an interesting relationship that it's we also, had with food. Also food should never be intimidating. Mm. I don't want anyone to ever look at my recipes and say like, Oh my gosh, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, it's the best thing for me in the world when I get messages from people who say uh, tinned fish always frightens them or they, they, they're scared to eat fish or something like that. Um, mm. And my Instagram has actually inspired them or my, my pictures um, has, have inspired them to actually try yeah. fish or try some sardines or something scary. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and hydrate. But while we do that, you can help us make our creative community bigger by spreading the word and sharing Orm's air with your community. 
We'd love to have you join the discussion and make your voice heard by DMing, inboxing, tweeting, emailing, or even carrier pigeoning your most burning creative thoughts, questions, and wanderings. Go on. You know you want to. So what was that, um, the journey sort of towards seeing your, I don't want to say life's work, but a good chunk of your your sort of focus and um, energy being put into? What was it like seeing that imprint? Because I can imagine that must be just like, um, out of this world. It was surreal seeing my name in print. Yeah. And surreal when people messaged me saying, oh, I think the crazy thing for me was when people messaged me saying, we, we tried your recipe because I always think who the hell reads my blog and who's trying my recipes and I don't think anyone is. Yeah. That's how you think. Um, but yeah, having the book in my hand, I guess, was such a sweet. Mm. Um, you kind of, in a way, I didn't even want the book to come out because mm-hmm. you kind of just want the journey, the anticipation to keep yeah. on going. Although the one thing I can say is completely left by under my bum to now push for a second book. Yeah. I'd love to do one purely on seafood. Mm. Um, I think it's still such an underrated, an underrated food in South Africa. We only want to eat red meat here. Yeah. So I want to push the, the seafood and the Mediterranean diet aspect. But yeah, it's, um, I'm eternally grateful that by the age of 28, I had a book. Um, usually that's something that comes much later. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm eternally grateful that I even had the chance. It was the most surreal moment when I, because I, I emailed two publishing houses. Mm-hmm. I pitched them my, my manuscript. And when Penguin got back to me, he said, yeah, you could have blown me over with a feather. I can it imagine. Was the most surreal thing. It's like something that you see in a movie. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and even now, seeing, seeing my book in, I mean, the house we're saying, I've got my book. Oh, that's crazy. So, it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, sorry, I don't want to say it's a downer. Mm. I would say it is bittersweet because yeah. you've worked on this. You, you've worked on it solidly for, I mean, I worked on it for over nine months. Mm. I got immensely, immensely chubby. Um, <laughs> but um, having it having it now, it is kind of like, I want to do more. I yeah. want to carry on. I don't want this to end. Yeah, so, completely. Yeah. And I can imagine as somebody who, um, who started um, in sort of the world of words or writing, um, it must have been completely incredible to have especially penguin because i feel like penguin i don't know for me um Uh is just they're like the the sort of like top of the pyramid you know like as part of all the publishing houses i was incredibly lucky especially considering it's a book on the west coast which is predominantly afrikaans i am english my my father was british um and of course penguin is predominantly a a british public publishing house so um, the fact that they were willing to take a chance on that. I also, I really want to get a, the book translated into Afrikaans, yeah. Afrikaans buyers. But yeah, the fact that I got Penguin, um, which is published, I mean, Jamie Oliver, like, yeah, it's, it's... like it's, <laughs> that part is completely surreal and also so intimidating because yeah. you keep on thinking, am I good enough? Is my writing good enough? Are my pictures good enough? Um, will people even buy this? It's a huge amount of pressure because you're putting out something so personal. I feel, I mean, I joke that during those nine months that I, I did the book, it's almost like having a baby. Yeah. You definitely, um, you put as much time and love and money and, yeah, you also gain, gain baby weight um, with, with doing a cookbook. Yeah. Um, time comes and this, this book is birthed and you kind of, 
not really sure how, how it's going to be received. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I won't I won't go so, so far to say it, it's like unconditional love from my side because I'm my own biggest critic. Of so course, I now yeah. look back at the book and I'm like, oh, I could have done that, or oh, I should have said that, or I, so that's the one downside. That you, I actually have to close it, put it away, and be like, what is done is done. Can't can't change it. So. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, uh, like you were saying earlier, that's also um, all of those changes. Keep in mind for for book number two. Hint, hint, penguin. Exactly. Yeah, I I don't think any any food writer or any cook mm. looks back on their first cookbook and says, "Oh my word, that was just the the, the pinnacle of my career." Yeah, unless you're a very bad food writer. I like the fact that it's introduced me to the world of, of publishing. It's introduced me to the world of, of cookbook writing. Mm. But also, I have to be very disciplined with measuring out all my the amounts and all my recipes because usually I just book, I just throw stuff in, I just I wing it. Yeah. So I have to be I have to be quite precise and quite disciplined. But other than that, it was a fantastic process. I'll be stressful and rather expensive, but I I can't wait to do it again. And what is your um? So you you obviously besides the cookbook and alongside the cookbook, you share a lot of a lot of recipes on your your blog, which was sort of, as you mentioned earlier, yes. your beginning. But what if your, what is your favorite thing to cook and share and mm-hmm. eat and sort of enjoy? Because I find that like cooking for me as a, as a non-chef, and I definitely wouldn't call myself a foodie, it's very much about like nourishing those that I care for and I'm sitting at a table with. And that's sort of... Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the way I still love for someone, mm. um, whether it's romantic love or friendship love mm. or for, for my mom or whoever is, I cook. Mm. So if I like you, I want to cook for you. Yeah. And there's nothing there's nothing that makes me happier than getting into the kitchen at five o'clock at night and starting to cook something for, for my loved ones yeah. um, and to set the table and to put everything out and to pour the wine. There's a ritual, there's a routine that I find so comforting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my therapy. No matter what has happened to me, as soon as I get into that kitchen, I'm I'm calm, I'm relaxed, mm-hmm. I'm focused. I think off the top of my head, my absolute favorite food in the world, my so-called death row meal, would be roast chicken. Mm-hmm. But only one cook cooked by myself. Um, so I love a good roast chicken, and I would probably do it with some nice sort of crunchy steamed green beans, some anchovy butter, and then a loaf of fresh crispy bread to dip into all those roasting juices. Mm-hmm and a bottle of very good wine. And that would be my ultimate. That is kind of my my, my go-to first meal if I'm trying to seduce someone as well. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel everyone likes, everyone likes first chicken and it's yeah. kind of got a, a nostalgic vibe to it. Yeah, completely. Um, I'm not going to go all scary with, with, with fish just yet. You start but, them yeah, in the shallow end. With, with the, exactly, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, but otherwise, favorite things to cook, definitely a roast. Mm-hmm. I love the kind of very lazy alchemy that a roast can bring. You yeah. you put you put one thing in the oven, and then an hour, an hour and a half, or even if you're doing low and slow, four hours later, you have something completely different. And then on the other hand, definitely, definitely seafood. I love cooking things like mussels, like squid, fish that you know the the pressure's on, like a tiny bit too long, and yeah. you completely ruined it. So I enjoy stuff like that too. The roast chicken would be my 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 go-to. <laughs> Very much more of a challenge with the the seafood aspect. So we're talking about your work, and we touched on your um, your cookbook, The West Coast Wonder. 
But I wanted to sort of touch on, and I, we were discussing this before we started recording, is that you have this this really nice way of promoting local travel destinations. I mean, even now you're you're on the West Coast. And I think this is such an important thing for us. And especially now, um, as we were saying earlier, the focus on local on local businesses and local flavors so important because I find that we we reach for international influence a lot more readily than we would seek it in our own backyard but I really love I really love that you you do this and you're you're going out into like almost unknown spaces for um, us Cape Tonians and even as you were saying earlier the west coast is an hour away um, and yet most of us don't even journey out that far to sort of discover the incredible beauty that we are so spoiled so spoiled to have literally at our doorsteps has this always been a focus for you is this like was that an intentional sort of focus going forward or was that an intentional I kind of um I started off in in the food writing industry doing a lot of I wouldn't say restaurant reviews Mm -hmm. but if a new restaurant opened I would go and photograph them and cover them for the publication in question yeah and I did that for a bit and it was it was really great and I really love the restaurant scene in Cape Town. Yeah. I kind of started to get more into food journalism from a sense of where does our food come from. Yeah. So I've I'm now heavily invested in like the whole another buzzword, but farm to table. Yeah. Um I love to highlight the producers, the farmers, the winemakers, mm. the guys farming mussels, the guys catching fish. I feel that society in general, we don't value food enough. Yeah. We take it for granted. We go to the supermarket, we see neatly packaged lamb chops or mm. pomegranates or whatever. Yeah. Or we go to a restaurant and we have our food put down in front of us. None of us are really taking the time to think, how was this farmed? Uh, in what way was it farmed? In what area? What are the problems those farmers face? You know, so on and so forth. And I really got into highlighting producers. Yeah. Um, also from a sense of, as, as a food writer, it's all very well going to a restaurant and saying, well, sort of highlighting the food. But I've always yeah. found it more interesting talking about the chef yeah. and his or her background, where they got started. And I thought, well, I want to do the same with food. Because mm. you can have the most amazing pizza fish and you're like, who caused it? What town is it from? Yeah. Um, who supplied it? And I, yeah, started just kind of asking around and seeing things organically on social media or seeing recommendations. I belong to a lot of uh, West Coast-based Facebook groups, and you know the community, they're always posting things, oh, someone's opened the bakery, or someone supplies their bread to, to the, the farmer's market on Saturday, um, or this guy is selling his eggs. Yeah. Um, he's got beautiful hens. And that's how I got into the, the, the producer point of view. And with my book, with, with West Coast Wonder, my biggest aim was to highlight people making a living on the West Coast today. Yeah. So I didn't want it to be like a historical homage to so-and-so's family has been here for 300 years and his great-grandmother used to darn fishing nets or something. I think that's great, but how is that helping people living here now? Yeah, exactly. And it's been the most heartwarming thing, getting feedback from um, from the people I featured. One of my good friends, when I was good friend, Marinus of Mana Sourdough mm. in Saldana. And he makes the most epically delicious sourdough bread with seaweed and wild sage and, and cumin and all kinds of things. And he, he started in his garage. He's still in his garage. But he told me the other day that because of the book, mm. his sales have gone up four times. Wow. He was able to, or well, I think he was able to quit his, his day job and, wow. and bake full time. 
and that for me, if I can make that tiny little difference, then that book has done its job over and over again. From the point of view of the fact that I, I have a blog mm. and I've got an Instagram yeah. and I don't, I hate the term influencer. I hate it. No, it's, it's um, awful, but yes. I prefer to see myself as someone who shares news yeah. or, or shares information. And if I can say, guys, if you're in the Saldana Bay area, call up Marina, go and get a loaf of his bread, you know, instead of going to the local mall or yeah. going to spa or going going to grocery store, let me not name drop, <laughs> instead of going to a local grocery store yeah. or something, or like, um, let me say, supermarket franchise, there we go, supermarket <laughs> franchise. It's um, definitely safe. To rather, yes. use the, the, to rather use the independent um, producers. Yeah, completely. Um, and the same goes for, for travel. Um, yeah, as, as we chatted about, um, you know, this COVID, COVID-19 lockdown has really hit local tourism hard, yeah. harder than, than you or me can realize. Yeah. And I've been fortunate that I, I, can, I haven't stopped working throughout this entire period. In fact, I've been so busy. And if I can sort of collaborate with, with local tourism, whether mm. you know, we had to shoot for a job or if someone's opened up, opened up their shop again, selling something or yeah. doing something, um, that I can share it on my social media platforms and just make people aware. The aim is to to really encourage people that once lockdown has lifted yeah. to travel lo- locally. You know, your your trip to to UK might have might have to be put on hold, but you can come off the west coast. Like there's sunshine, there's seafood. Why the hell not? Exactly. And there's wine now, so now there's there's even more reason. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if I can, um, I mean, for example, we've we've been shooting at the park now for for two weeks, yeah. and I've had nonstop. Um, messages just mm. saying, where's this? We want a book. It's so beautiful. Um, just the, the interest is, is amazing. And if I can even convince one person to yeah. keep it local this year, um, obviously with restrictions allowing, mm. and do my own very small bit to helping the tourism industry, then it'll make me very happy. Yeah. But I think I think that's the thing, right? We all We all must do all that we can to assist because we all I think we all know how I mean obviously we don't know the depths of everything and all of the details but I think we all can imagine how difficult it must be for especially tourism and smaller local businesses to be you know how how much they've been impacted. For example uh, where we stand at Dwarf Passport is a tiny town Mm. I mean you can drive tourists in 30 seconds and there's a little a little takeaway spot and he's got He's got this amazing setup. It's all brightly painted and colourful, and he's got his little tables like a proper, mm. a proper seaside little cafe. Yeah, it's it's very sweet, and he does amazing takeaway food, so like fish and chips and pizza and stuff like that. Mm. And I mean, even though I cook all the time, and I love cooking. He was telling us how, you know, not being able to have customers in, and how he has to be closed by six o'clock every night, how it's mm. decimated his business. And we just thought, well, you know, we can support him through through buying food from him, yeah. which we do, um, on the nights that I've decided I don't want to cook. But if I can share him on my social media as well, and, you know, next time someone else finds them in Dross Case, finds themselves in Dross Case Force, they can be like, oh, let's pop in, in, into Sikaya and yeah. go have a milkshake or something. Yeah. And I think that is the power of, of social media. Yeah, completely. Um, I'm very careful to only ever sort of promote things that are close to my heart yeah. and that I do have a strong connection to. That's why I don't really... Hopefully, don't fit in with the influencer thing. 
it, it makes me feel good, even mm. if I'm doing something very, very small. So, yeah. No, but it is. It's it's about using your influence to uplift and support and promote others. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've obviously like so I've obviously been um, scrolling through Instagram quite a bit, and I came across um, this picture of um, is his name Oliver? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You got, <laughs> like no one can no one can see my face right now, but I have an obsession with pugs can't I'm so <laughs> in love with every single one of them I meet I actually go into like a little bit of a spaz mode and I like, can't talk when I meet them in person he is so cute and I, I love that you you got him from Pug Rescue Pug Rescue yes so I've, I've got two pugs um oh. my girl we call her Lou but yeah. uh, her full name is Cholula Bell oh. because I got her when I was 16 and I was going through like a deep south phase. Yeah. But Lula, yeah, Lula we got, I didn't know about Pug Rescue at the time. Mm. Um, so Lula we got from someone who, who, who unspayed and unmuted dogs had puppies, so mm. not great. But as soon as we found out about Pug Rescue, I got Oliver when I was 21. And I will only ever go the rest of the mm. ever again. I think what Pug Rescue does is absolutely amazing. Incredible. The only thing that boggles my brain is how many pugs are surrendered. I I'm know. like, it's a pug. I, think, so, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised I only have two because I think if it was up to me, I would have a lot more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely adore them. They are the funniest little creatures. They are never, when I'm shooting at home, they're yeah. never far from me. They are always under my feet looking for snacks. Of course. Um, and yeah, they are, they, they feature quite prominently on, on my Instagram. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so. so cute. I love, um, I don't know if you've ever been to one of their, um, their pug runs. Have you ever been? Yes. Um, we actually, I went to one in the beginning when, well, when we just got Oliver. Mm. Um, but my two, you cannot, unless there's food involved, you cannot make them do anything. They are, they only ever want to eat and sleep. Like yeah. they, I have to force them out for, well, they, they enjoy their walks, but geez, they are the laziest creatures I've ever come across. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if I got given the, op- the option to, you know, work for my food or just look cute and then get fed and, and sleep all day, I would definitely take that option. So yeah, like they might just be yeah. making very good choices in life, to be quite honest. I think so. I, I think they just pretend to be stupid, but they're actually really, really smart. Yeah. And I'm the one who's stupid, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, it's like, yeah, my, my, I've got a, she's not in the room right now, but um, my puppy who is, um, definitely not a puppy anymore she's just over a year now but she's, uh, always she will puppy. always be a baby in my heart she really will I mean she's yeah. giant but um definitely thinking about getting her a friend and I, I I know that as soon as my partner hears this she's gonna freak out and just be like Rachel get off yeah. get off social media no no rescue centers for you before we continue unpacking this topic we would like to give a big thank you to Orms, without whom this wonderful podcast would not be possible. Orms is a cornerstone of the creative community in South Africa, offering industry-leading support, the latest gear, and world-class display options to photographers, artists, and visual creators, both locally and internationally. As always, you can find out everything you need to know by visiting ormsdirect.co.za. The link can also be found in the show notes for this episode. Now let's get back to the discussion. We were sort of talking about lockdown and how using this time. And you said you haven't you haven't stopped working. Um, have you at all? And you said yes. you're actually busier than 
than you expected to be. How, do you think that that sort of the restrictions and the regulations that have been put in place over lockdown have influenced your creative process or your creativity in any way? I mean, in very small ways. Mm. Um, so I've, I've got a home studio. I yeah. say studio, but you don't need a lot of space to shoot food. Yeah. So um, pretty much it's set up behind my couch, closest mm. to, um, to, I've got big patio doors, so it's where the light is nicest. Yeah. And I think now because everyone's at home, you know, brands still want to, or want to stay relevant in, in the public eye. Yeah, completely. So I was hired to do a lot of recipe development um, and food imagery for different brands who just wanted to keep the social media ticking over. The only challenges I've really faced is being a food stylist, you do have to generally hunt far and wide for certain ingredients, mm-hmm. um, which I wasn't able to do. But then it was also a case of, well, if I can't get this, I'm going to improvise with this. And if mm. I can't get it all together, then the client's going to have to understand. Yeah. Um, so n- nothing nothing that was a train smash. I would say the biggest thing that I missed is just being able, especially now with autumn coming in, or when, when lockdown uh, happened, yeah. um, just being able to go and photograph an autumn sunset, mm. um, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but that, that's just for, for me, for, for pleasure. But in terms of work... Yeah, we've been busy. I mean, I've even had, I've done work for wine clients where, thank goodness, I actually had the, the product, the wine yeah. um, at home that I could just pop into into the image. Um, and then, of course, I've got my, my bread and butter is copywriting, which mm. is kind of over in the background. So, yeah, I, I haven't stopped. And then at least now with the travel, we were we received our level four work permit. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if I have to reapply for level three. Who knows? But I, yeah, I can't complain. I'm fortunate to be in an industry mm. um, where it, lockdown didn't really make a difference. Yeah. I mean, my, my partner, he's a, he's a wedding photographer. Oh, um, wow. And of course, now with weddings being cancelled, yeah. like, yeah, in serious trouble. Um, but at least we do. We shoot a lot of food, food content. We shoot a lot of stuff for YouTube. So, yeah, we have, we've kind of merged for now. Mm. So. No, because you're actually sitting by the sea right now. I was just going to say, I know for me, one of the biggest struggles is not being able to see the sea every day. And I yeah. think I've taken that so for granted when I've been going in and out of work every day. And it really, um, I think we underestimate how how important, especially for creative process and just and just replenishing your sort of like bank of inspiration, how important that, I don't know, that vastness, almost that that endless possibility affords you. I think, yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, unfortunately, that where I live, I'm, I'm based in Bloberg, so mm. I'm very close to the sea. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, with this, you actually can't get closer. Mm. Um, but I do. I know the one strangest thing for me under lockdown is how very excited I got to go grocery shopping. Yeah. Um, not even as a chance to get out, but I would go to somewhere kind of like food lovers market where they've got the big array of fruits and veg mm. and I would just be like oh I love that and I love that and like just find props and new things to work with yeah. um, that was my my level of excitement but I do I think the the one thing I do really really miss is my I'd love to frequent farmers markets mm. and fresh fresh produce markets and just kind of seeing what's what's out there um I really really miss that I really really miss traveling which is why this trip up the west coast has been a godsend yeah when I say traveling, traveling locally. Yeah. Like I, I adore exploring. I mean, I'm, I'm terrible. I've, I've got two passports and I've barely even been out of South Africa. 
That's a, that's really interesting because I think, like we were saying earlier, everybody we focus so intensively on what's outside of our country when actually what's inside of our country is is just next level, it's breathtaking, really, and we don't realize at all. Yeah, I think I think it, it depends what you as an individual wants when it comes mm. to travel. I am allergic to crowds and allergic to people. Um, I love going as far. And being as isolated mm. as I can, I get annoyed if I even have neighbours. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not good in in suburban life. I can't yeah. wait to go to the country. Yeah. So for me, just coming up here, um, or even further. I know next week. I'm hoping for snow next week because we want to go to the Cedarburg oh, um, to check it out. For me, being half British, I've never seen snow. Yeah. So. <laughs> Like I would, I would love to see snow, but yeah. yeah, I would say that that was the absolute number one thing that I've that I've struggled with with lockdown is that the restriction of movement. Mm. Um, because I know if I've been cooped up in the studio for the whole week, just shooting food, all I want to do is I want to walk on the beach, I want to yeah. take a long drive, I want to drive up to my favorite bakery in Aswan and go and buy the delicious pasta de nata. Mm. Like I just get you know like cabin fever. Yeah, completely. so that's the one thing I've struggled with. But yeah. otherwise, apart from sourcing the ingredients. It's been like normal, I guess, with a lot more hand sanitizer. Which is, it's so weird. It really is. And I like, I, I don't is. even, there's no other way to describe it. It is. It's just weird. Absolutely. This whole thing. It is. But I suppose we also, it's really, it's really important to focus on what we are protecting by going through this experience. And I think, yeah, protecting our broader community 100%. is more important than our own. Yeah. No, one, 100%. I think it's just the weirdest thing for me because I've I've got so many friends and like I really miss going out clubbing or what well, that's weird I'm on the city so hopefully they don't miss going out clubbing but or uh, I I really miss gatherings with friends and for me it wasn't that mm. it was just to get in my car and see a different horizon yeah. that's all yeah so it's yeah it's like I, I fully understand why why lockdowns in place um, and I think the measures that this country has done um, you know to to protect the vulnerable in our, in yeah. our community um, has been very admirable yeah. when you think of um, how this affects other countries. Yeah, um, And I guess at the end of the day, we have to be flexible enough to, to adapt and survive. Exactly. And once again, I cannot, I cannot stress more how grateful I am that at least my, my profession is relatively intact. Mm. I haven't lost, yeah, I I've actually gained, strange. <laughs> Just good. I mean, it's that's a that's a blessing, I suppose. At the same time, <clears throat> it is, and I feel you know, with a lot more people now on on social media and on their phones during this period, because you know they couldn't go to work and so on yeah. and so forth. Um, it, I know. I mean, for me, um, I, I I get very stressed if I watch the news or if I watch yeah. you know all these reports on violence and and death, and um, it, it stresses me out a lot. I feel like. I, I will always try and stay as informed as I can. Um, but then I feel from a mental health point of view, you've got to know when to switch off. Yeah, completely. And I think that's the beauty of food. If you can lose yourself in it for a while, and everyone loves it. It's something nice to look at. Yeah, exactly. And I know that sounds superficial, but I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's a comfort when times are unsure. Yeah, no, completely. And it's, it's that, um, it's our life force. If you think about it, if you break it, it down, you take away all of the the weird. And I also, yeah, I feel. I mean, during this period where everything is so unsure and everything is quite scary mm. and overwhelming, 
one shouldn't be too hard on oneself for mm. allowing yourself to be distracted by something comforting or, or something pretty or yeah 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 completely and I think that's something that we're so um we're almost and like you mentioned earlier we are so much more on social media now that we're almost cut off from mm. our our sort of regular lives and everything's been interrupted but yeah. I think it's also really important to touch on the fact that there are a lot of messages being shared basically encouraging that sort of you know new skills and and um, increase your creativity during this time and I think it is as you were saying really important to just allow yourself space to like you know take a breath and relax and turn off and and not be it's incredibly important yeah um I mean I spent the first the first three weeks of lockdown I think I was shooting a recipe a day um which my 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 shoots are quite involved Mm -hmm. so that's like three quarters of a day's work with planning with cooking with styling with shooting and then with the cleanup and I actually burned myself out of it. Mm. Um, I reached a stage where I was uninspired, where I felt exhausted. And usually I don't get that with food, with food photography. I'm always inspired and motivated. Yeah. And I actually have to take myself. And I'm someone who struggles to switch off. I struggle mm. to not work. Um, even when I'm lying in bed on my laptop, I'm researching things like for new recipes. Yeah. When I'm on social media, I'm, I mean, posting to, to push what I do. Um, I can't remember the last time I sat and watched a movie. Literally can't. Um, I struggle to just to, to switch off and to relax. Yeah. And I realized that I have I had in my own way, and not through demands of clients or anything, through my, my pushing myself, I had burned myself out. Mm. And I had to take a bit of time off just yeah. to do nothing, which is difficult for me. <laughs> Yeah. But then the benefit of doing that is you you come back refreshed. You are ready. You're inspired. Mm. Um, so it, it's it's very important as a creative to not to not push yourself so hard. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I've had clients that have always kind of given me free reign with sort of art direction and whatnot. Mm. So yeah, my clients generally aren't too demanding, which helps. That is that is really really great. Because I can imagine a lot of a lot of people aren't are probably not experiencing the same the same thing, but I do think that um, yeah, I think it's because I've got quite a strong aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. So when I get hired, I get hired for that aesthetic. Yeah, um, it's not often someone asks for something completely different, um, and when they do, I can. I just don't enjoy it as much. So in in a way, that's nice. Um, yeah. I feel having such a strong aesthetic can be a double-edged sword, though, because on the one hand, um, people are attracted to your work, but on mm-hmm. the other hand, you might lose a lot of more sort of commercial clients because yeah. they think, okay, well, maybe you can only do the one thing. I can do anything. I just don't really post as much. I really yeah. should. <laughs> but I think I think that's also the thing about Instagram and I think that's that's something that we all sort of like overlook. Like it is, it is a very curated version of of our creativity yeah. and our work and it is essentially yeah, what you I mean, make I've, it. it is yeah. i've got my instagram is i mean i spend i don't want to know how many hours of my life i've lost planning that instagram mm. um sometimes a complete bone of contention yeah. um i started another one um called dried fish daily it was it started as a joke um so it was supposed to be like all of sort of what west coast cuisine because of the bookums i was telling yeah. you about um, so dry fish daily, and there I I put on I just chuck everything on there. Yeah. Um, it's not curated 
which is actually quite liberating for me. I can, I can imagine. just say, oh, this is a cool picture. It's really colorful. It doesn't fit in with my moody and desaturated look, but I don't, I don't care. On it goes. Yeah. So I think it's also then fun as a creative to not take yourself so seriously and to have different outlets. Yeah. Um, is there any advice you, you would like to pass along to our listeners who may be struggling to stay inspired during these sort of very uncertain times? Oh, um, I would say that's tricky depending on, on, on what they are, are yeah. into from a creative point of view. Um, if it's food, I would say go to fruit and veg. <laughs> <laughs> Just go browsing. <laughs> um, otherwise, I would say give yourself, give yourself time off. Mm. Let, let your mind rest and let your mind wander. Yeah. Don't always be motivated to be churning up content every day. I've yeah. actually just taken a week-long break from posting, which doesn't sound like very much, um, but for me, that is quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I just post on my stories. I call them holiday snaps. Um, yeah. They're not curated. Mm-hmm. They're not styled. Stuff that catches my eye. Yeah. Um, and I feel as a photographer, if you kind of let yourself take a step back and just be playful and let things mm. catch your eye, um, you can kind of rediscover why you have a passion for photography in the first place. That's great advice. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you so much for joining us on Orm's Air. It's been lovely thank to you. to chat with you and to um, hear all about your beginnings and where you're heading and your experience during this really bizarre time that we find ourselves in. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope I haven't waffled on too much about the West Coast and no, seafood. Not at all. I probably sick and tired of it now. <laughs> but and, um, thank you so much for having me. It's been a treat to to actually talk to someone else other than the one person I'm, I'm kind of cooped up here with. Yes. So. <laughs> no, it's it's such a treat. I promise, like I, I say this every time, just even even seeing your kitchen behind you, it's like being in a different, you know what I mean? It's like going into somebody else's home. It's such no, a nice I know. experience. I know. And we take this so for granted. It's so bizarre. Um, it has been an absolute dream to, to at least be working out of here for, for the past few weeks. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, so to our listeners, I'm going to put ev- all the, the, the topics that Georgia and I have covered um, in this episode. I'm going to link a lot of things in the show notes. So if you guys want to find out any more information about Georgia's work or you want to find um, a copy of her book, I'll link that in the show notes and um, all of the locations that we've we've sort of chatted about as well. So you guys can discover the West Coast and the beauty that really is just outside of our doorsteps. So take a look at those and yeah, visit enjoy discover 